Hello and welcome to For the Love of Mary, a podcast series that tracks my journey to finding the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the position of women in Ireland. It's told through the conversations and stories shared with some of the most amazing women on this island. My practice as an artist is very much founded in the idea of gathering the stories of women and this project was no different. Supported by the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, SIAP Award, I was able to travel to meet with women, research the ideas that came up in our conversations, document shrines, all with a view of getting to the bottom of why she's so prevalent in Irish culture, and from that create new works of spoken word and poetry. I had no script, no questions drafted. So what you're about to hear are all very much responsive conversations. I hope you enjoy this journey just as much as I did. Don't forget to share and subscribe and thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode five of For the Love of Mary podcast. In this episode, I get to talk to Cathy Shields, founder member of ARC, the abortion rights campaign in Ireland. I first met Cathy on a discussion panel for social change at Carnstock. Um, I was chairing the panel and she was talking about the repeal movement. Um, it was prior to the referendum, so it was 2000 and 2017, um, that August, and she just seemed to be an amazing, an amazing character. Her drive, her passion was just um, stunning to listen to. Um, and because I wanted to keep in mind the, that this is about the this the relationship between the Virgin Mary and the possession of women in Ireland and the repeal movement happening what it was definitely in the background of my thoughts um because it was it, it it's one movement in in changing the attitudes of what it is to be a woman and and that having having bodily autonomy and access to your own reproductive rights freely it was was a major thing and I wanted to I wanted to talk to her about her experiences and get her stories um so yeah uh you will hear that um you'll hear very clearly that I did not have an agenda so I know I say in the intro that I didn't I didn't have a script and I didn't have an agenda and I didn't have any questions formulated you, you'll hear that very very clearly um also because both of us had really chaotic schedules and trying to pin us down both down in um getting to the one place at the same time was um was proving kind of difficult so we we decided to it would be easier to do a Skype call. Um, so the audio is has been taken over over uh, other 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 services are available. But anyway, we um we did a video a video chat and um yeah, I I it's probably I think that this is the longest or one of the longest podcasts out of the whole series and but it's but it's just so much fun so enjoy listening I won't hold you up any longer um yeah catch you on the other side cheers bye right let's set that okay oh hello um grand uh yes thank you so much for agreeing to um to do this uh it's kind of what is it that you're 
you're doing? What's it for? Uh, so I, it started as a joke. <laughs> as all the great things do. As right? all good, yeah, as all, all great things. Um, I have the, I'm not from, so I'm not from a Catholic background. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, my mum converted to Catholicism later in life. Um, but this fascination with the Virgin Mary has always been a thing. It's, it's, yeah. she's been around and, um, so a couple of years ago, uh, we were coming over Muckish Mountain mm-hmm. and there's we wee inlay, don't know if you know it, but there's a grotto there yeah. and um, we stop there, we always stop there and have a wee cart to yeah. say hello to Mary and continue the road to Derry. And this started a joke of, wouldn't it be great if we got people to kind of, if we tried to find the best grottos in Ireland or, you know, try and map out and then just quickly discovered that there are that many flipping grottos all over the country that you, you couldn't possibly map them all. But... Yeah, there's a few resources online that has that has made an attempt to map them, yeah. Yeah, um... So this was part of my practice as an artist has always been has been for the last number of years capturing the stories of women, the seemingly ordinary untold histories of women that are gold dust. They're some of the most incredible stories, and just things like you know I've the factory girls. Um, to uh, I managed to get an an interview with somebody who's from the English Coalition of Prostitutes last year to talk about sex work and what in terms of women's rights and in the, the sort of reflection of the the vote of having the vote what what does that mean for somebody who is a sex worker in modern day you know a hundred years on um so this was in the wake of the referendum that happened last year and the position of women because I guess Ireland has this ideal, fem- like the, the, the idealised feminine version that Mary is. She, yeah. She's like the pinnacle of femininity. In Ir- in, and Irish culture seems to, have, seems to have embraced her so heartily in the 50s. And since then, kind of wondering... What, what the relationship between Mary and the position of women in Ireland. Hi, Joe. So, my story, the stories are just gathering the stories that women have around Mary. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've just come from like a chaotic, like speaking uh, at the Trump rally and then going and doing like very quickly doing some work for a client and then coming here and then be like, ah! Want to un- put you on the spot? Tell me exactly Tell what me it exactly. is. Exactly, we finished exact project. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to write a new collection of poetry, and because up until now all my work has been my stories, mm-hmm. I wanted to do other women's stories, and I wanted to talk about other women's stories in relation to this iconic female figure, who yeah. I think gets distorted for the purpose of men um well do you have any questions or anything or like i don't know like i guess um 
in turn like I suppose in in reflection of what you did last year and in the build-up to last year because you're still on the go and it, there's still yeah. a lot of work to be done but do you I'm think just, uh, rolling a smoke that's why I'm looming over the <laughs> you absolutely can't I'm so tempted to roll a cigarette myself um yeah I, I guess that looking so I've got I've got an interview with somebody who's in a mother and baby home um I'm going to be interviewing a woman who was a nun and left uh yeah convent um but, I, I've got a story of somebody who took shelter in a grotto overnight because it was raining and she was at a festival <laughs> and yeah. there was nowhere else so she ended up hugging Mary in, in the rain <laughs> which I thought was brilliant um, my own stories are like my mum telling me about being you know whenever I was, I was a baby she was she lost her completely lost her marbles and ended up sectioned and in um psychiatric care and the woman in the bed next to her thought she was the Virgin Mary um so like it, it kind of varies the yeah. stories um I think like my own stuff is mostly like angry resentful stuff to know um so I remember uh, not long after I'd sort of before ARC was ARC when it was just a bunch of activists I remember someone talking about feminism and I was like, I'm not a feminist. <laughs> um, oh, we've all, I, I think we've all said that. We've all been there. Like, I was like, I'm an anti-theist. I hate what the church has done in this country. I hate the position that women are in because of the church. I hate the church and that's why I'm, I'm pro-choice because fuck them. But also I'd had an abortion. So I was pro-choice because I was pro you know, I had, I had a decision to make and I made it and I was like, oh, right, you're pro-choice because you did that thing. Um, but I remember like growing up, my, my father was like a really violent, awful man. And when I was about six, my mother finally left him. She tried leaving him a few times before that. And we were actually in a shelter in Derry for a while. And, um, and he, yeah, he's just, just this <clears throat> bad, bad fella. And so when mom left him, divorce was still illegal in Ireland. And mom's like, it's one of those things, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know, like most of, most of your opinions or most of the things that you, your understanding of the world is shaped by your folks or, you know, your family, the people that are raising you, you know, yeah. and mom always felt like she was being judged for leaving her husband and she was definitely like you know um there was lots of people that were just like oh sure you know you know you should just do it for the kids and all this and like if mom had stayed with dad for me then she'd be dead or he'd be dead or I'd be dead we'd all be dead you know it's not yeah. for the kids that you stay or you know <clears throat> it's a stupid <laughs> uh, and so we moved back to Carndonagh, which is where mum's from. We had been in Glengad, which is where dad's from. And uh, we moved in with granny and granda Shields. And mum kind of had a bit of a breakdown, um, as you might, after leaving a violent man. And, uh, and he, he did other things. Like he, like one time he just like was essentially hiding on the street. And when mum pushed my brother in a pram into my granny's house, he just came in behind her, picked me up, 
put me in a car and took me back to his or family home and said, if you want to see the Wayne again, you know where she'll be. So mum ended up going back to him for a while and then, and then, you know, eventually left. And uh, so we we were living with my grandparents while mum was sort of, you know, processing all of this and looking for, looking for a home for us that, you know, that she could afford. We were on the housing list for like 10 years before, you know, before we got anything and we were living in a flash for that long and uh and so granny was very religious not like in a not like in a shrill harpy you're wicked kind of way just in a i love god and he's great and everyone should love him because he's great and if bad things happen that's because of people not because of god you know and so (laughs) i ended up going to mass eight times a week for about a year Every day, Granny went to mass twice on Sundays, and it was almost like a social thing, you know, her and these women. And so I remember this would have been the very early nineties, ninety one, ninety two, like, and Granny still dressed like it was the fifties, you know. I remember her going to Scotland in like I don't know the early two thousands, and she came back with her first pair of trousers, and she was fucking seventy something, you know, and now she's she only wears trousers, but. They used to all the women used to wear these scarves over their head, like, like a like a like a it was like a religious thing. You they wouldn't go inside the church without they'd like a wee scarf, and they'd wear it almost every time they left the house. But I I was always struck by the similarities between Granny and her pals, and you know, uh, hijabi women just like this. It was kind of the same thing. Like they wouldn't she wouldn't leave the house without it. But that was a tradition that that sort of went as well, you know. But so we going to mass all the time every day with granny and also it was just around the year that I was making my holy communion which is uh which is a very strange tradition I was sort of like I was out canvassing this year when when girls were you just saw these children in their dresses and it's just I can't get it out of my head now I'm like fucking child bride this is so weird this is the weirdest fucking like it's such a strange we ritual like of like now you're going to like receive the literal body and blood of jesus and we need to to dress up of like virginia like to do it it's just strange but anyway at the time like i didn't feel any big like like religious thing it was just like i'm going to wear a beautiful dress and be the center of attention and people are going to give me money and it's it's all about me and it's going to be great um and so And so I was going through that in school, just like, you know, the religious education, you were sort of learning about, you know, the Last Supper and Jesus and, you know, uh, what what the communion meant in relation to the Last Supper and what it meant for your faith and, I don't know, all this stuff. Um, And then going to Mass with Granny all the time. And like we would go counting money as well, you know, the, the collection plates that come around. Like, so between masses on a Sunday, you would count money from, <laughs> it was just like, um, and so I think I was just at that age as well, you know, like six year old, seven year old kids who are like, um, you know, why is this? Why is that? Why is this? Why is that? And the church is like, I still, you know, I don't like. I still go every time I go on holiday. It's almost exclusively churches and museums, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I've no, I've no, no faith. Like, or if I have faith, it's like this really kind of like 
this is all shit and you're a dick. It's like it's like it's like I'm still angry at dad at religion or something, you know? It's just like this was supposed to be a thing and it's not and everything's a lie and it started here and I hate you. It's very immature. I talked to my therapist about it though and she says I- I'm normal enough. Yeah, it's totally normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um my no no my my degree is in theology. Yeah. <laughs> and the more I learned, the less I wanted to Yeah. Believe. I don't know. I mean belief would be lovely sometimes, you know. Times when like bad things happen in life and you're like, Jesus, wouldn't it be great to have a bit of faith now? Ah well. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, I get it would. But it would. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, like that, you know, uh, like feminism, you know, wouldn't life be grand if I was just complaining about a boss being late instead of like all of the shit that's going on in the world. And I learned it all because of feminism. I should have just stayed an anti-theist and I'd be happy and ignorant. (laughs) (laughs) No, you wouldn't have. No, you'd have realized that there were things around you that was just wrong. (laughs) Probably, probably. But, um, so like with, with Mary, um, I think like the Hail Mary was probably the first prayer I learned, um, off by heart, you know, when you're, again, this is all around six or seven around the time that, you know, my, my parents have have separated. And so there's just, um, it's just, you know, like that's, I think that's part of why it annoys me that religion is so embedded in schools is that I could go to a six-year-old and tell her anything with a straight face and she'd probably believe me, do you know? Um, cause you just, you kind of, you, you know, you trust the adults in your life unconditionally. Like, um, but with Mary, it was always like, granny always talked about her in such an affectionate way. It was almost like Mary was like a great granny or a great, great granny or something like this, do you know, like that she was this, you know, protector of women uh or that you know if anything was wrong you would pray to her and she would keep you safe or whatever and again like you know as life goes on and you know when you you know say like I'd say I spent about two years essentially being an atheist but being too afraid of hell to say that I was an atheist I was like well maybe I'm wrong I could be wrong Jesus you really wouldn't want maybe I should just you know oh and it's always like when I'm afraid it's like it doesn't happen anymore but it used to always be like when I was afraid I'd be like Jesus like a just in case kind of like but then I suppose I was trying to talk to my cousin Jack's uh, like stepkid. She was never raised with any faith. She's never been to you know church or anything like that. And she was with me and her mum and Jack whenever we were we went into the the chapel in Carndona because it was raining. And uh, she was at that age five or six where she was like, "What's this and what's this?" So you're trying to explain it to her in a way that that she understands the context for other people, but not that you're lying to her about it. So like we were over and I, I lit a candle. It's like a, 
it's it's partly a force of habit but also i just like to light candles and not pay for them i'm like haha take that catholic church i'll light all the candles i want and i'm not making any donations (laughs) (laughs) it is this really like sad antagonistic relationship that i have that that nobody really knows about (laughs) you know where i just walk around being like this is stupid (laughs) no but like i'm like a sullen teenager who's still mad at the church for not being real or being a disappointment or you know yeah. and uh so i told her that candles were wishes and she was like okay and so it's still kind of nice to know but with mary it was always like you know the like female like it was like a woman that would look after you as opposed to a man who would give out to you if that makes sense yeah. and uh and so i think it was like the year i was born or in and around that there was this like the moving statues um and so you know six years later when i'm when i'm starting to learn about all of this it's still very much in the i don't know cultural mind or whatever like there's still lots of people who remember moving statues remember the phenomena of of moving statues and, and that it was like statues of mary would move or cry or um you know, people would have visions of Mary in places or, you know, and it just seemed to go all over the country. It's it's a bit mad, like, you know, it's kind of like, they did, RT did a documentary about it not that long ago. Mm. But, um, and so I remember Granny t- sort of telling me about this. I remember, I don't know if it was Granny or if it was the school, but I remember like staring at statues of Mary when I was a kid being like, please move. Mm please move or cry or whatever I don't know just fucking like you know do something for me I'm very good and holy and I pray a lot you should move for me <laughs> and then you know you would talk to granny about that and she'd be like oh that's not how it works you know and like it's you know it's not that you're doing something bad it's just that you know Mary only appears if she has a message so she mustn't have any messages you know or something like that yeah. um and uh yeah so I think then as I got older or as I started to move into like, you know, you know, young adulthood or into puberty or, or all of this, I think it, it like my, I sort of started losing, you know, my faith when I was quite young. And I think it was cause like, um, or I associate it with like dad telling us that we had to pray, uh, that if we wanted our family to get back together, we had to pray for it. And like, you'd be praying all the time but obviously they didn't get back together and rightly so because you know when you're when you're a kid you don't realize that your dad's awful really it's you know yeah. and uh and so I remember just being really disappointed that like I was like I'm doing everything right and I'm being very good and you know I'm praying and I you know gave up sweets and I didn't break Lent or I you know it's like I don't know there's something very transactional almost about the Catholic faith in that it's like you do good things and good things will happen. Um, or, you know, like the sale of indulgences, technically you can't buy your way into heaven anymore, but also you totally can. That's why they have money boxes everywhere. That's why, you know, there was a priest talking about Trump fucking in the paper today saying that he saved Trump a place in heaven. I'm like, you can't do that, old man. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not even your own rules. Fuck up. But, uh, and that just makes for the rest of us want to go do you know what I think heaven is as far as heaven's concerned if Trump's there I'm out 
<laughs> out. Like the relentless singing, I was out anyway. But if Trump is there, no, thanks. Yeah, pretty much. Like, um, there's there's this religious um kind of ceremony. It doesn't really take place anymore. It was called Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. and um and the whole town would like, you know, the Tidy Towns Association would be getting the window boxes already. You'd all these like kind of altars almost in your window they were like pictures of mary or jesus and then you'd go out and you collect flowers like and you'd have these gorgeous you know vases of flowers in your window and then there's this um uh kind of like for holding the the eucharist and it's called a monstrous which i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but i love how it sounds and it's kind of like this like so there's a glass circle where you put the like a large version of the, the the communion into and then just all this like all this gold kind of like ornamentation so it almost looks like a like a, a ray like a sun with rays coming out of it or maybe a snowflake or something like that and the priest carries it around and then there's like like a there's four other priests then holding like a canopy and, you know, the main priest with the monstrous stands underneath it. And then the whole town just follows them around the diamond. This, wow. You know, why they, there's a video on YouTube. I think it's Corpus Christi 1992. And you can see Karen Donna in it. Um, and it's just I the whole time walk around. They do, I don't know, a million decades of the rosary or whatever the fuck. It feels like that when you're a kid anyway. And yeah, but they would pick special girls from the communion class to wear their communion again and they would walk in front of the procession strewing petals and flowers for for the priests to walk over you know um and i remember being devastated that i was not picked to be one of these girls i was so just pure jealousy like like you know like only a child can 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 feel i was like i hate these girls forever and i want them to die so i can do it this is so unfair (laughs) absolutely ridiculous stuff but like it it just meant that much but again it was all like it was all about i don't know like social standing or whatever do you know it was like if you were the girl that got to do this then you were very special and the nuns would like you know teach you how to throw petals like you didn't already know um and so i suppose that's i don't know like a start of a feeling that you're not exactly good enough you're not exactly the kind of you know you're not you're not the the ones strewing the petals you're not perfect you're not like married you know yeah i don't know if, if that's if it makes sense but like and so as I got older, especially once I lost my virginity, which I say lost it, like I, you know, like... Went down the back I, of the sofa. You know, it was just like, it wasn't a great experience. It was like, it. I was kind of like, I fancy this boy who was a couple of years older than me and I had sex, like, out the back of a nightclub. It was very, very, like, not great or special or whatever. Although I did meet him about five years later after he almost died in a car crash and he was just like, I am so sorry. I am the worst human ever. I really spoiled that for you. I'm full of regret. If I could go back in time, I would. I really hope that we can get to know each other. I'm really sorry. And so we're like, not like we're BFFs or anything, but like it was like, it was very nice for that to happen. But anyway, just in case you thought it was completely terrible. But like once I lost my virginity, and 
I just kind of, I just kind of slept around a lot, you know. I was like, well, it's gone now; it doesn't really matter. And uh, I just, I just remember being more and more resentful of Mary and 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 of religion and of faith and of like this kind of like trap that women are like, you have to be perfect, but also you have to have kids or whatever. And like the idea that you know this woman and like. Like this woman back in the day, I, I'm not sure what society was like, really, other than what you read from the Bible that was written hundreds of years later. But the idea that this woman could like just become pregnant, then tell her partner, and he'd be like, "Son of God, all right, yeah, cool, that's great. I'm really excited to help you raise this child that's the son of God, and not some dude that you had sex with around the back of the nightclub or whatever." <laughs> I think that that's kind of the Sunday school sort of version with, with you know, like minus the sex around the back of the nightclub. I, th- I think we, we kind of, the, the bit that's lost over is that she was a child. Essentially, she was like 13 or some 13 or 14. Joseph was a lot older than her. They were engaged. They weren't actually married. Yeah. Um... And, you know, like, what does a 13 or 14-year-old kind of sort of say? And it wasn't until 1854 or something like that, 18-something or other, that um, it was established that she was her the perpetual uh, virginity, that, like, that she, so that she wasn't born of original sin and then didn't die and was ascended into heaven so that her body didn't decay and so that she wouldn't go into ruin. So like no matter how much as a woman you try to be good and pure and, and you know, follow all yeah. the rules, be a mother and all of those things, you're never, ever going to live up, even come like a fraction of the way close to this idea um, of what Mary... At least the idea of God mm. is like, at least he's like a three dimensional character who's fucked up, who, you know, isn't always a great dad who like, do you know, like Jesus wasn't sh- like sure that he wanted to go through with it and was like, Oh, do you know, like, and I don't know, like obviously cause God is like the central figure in the old Testament, the new Testament, he's going to be much more through, but like Mary's all the way through there in the New Testament or she's up actually, until... She's actually not really that mentioned that many times. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, and like in the timeline of it, she's around, but she's just not, a, she's not a fully rounded character. Well, she's just... This she's just, ghost figure that is just, very ambiguous. Just, I suppose, like someone's idea of a, of a of a of a perfect mother, you know, or not even just like a woman's role in the life of Jesus is just to, you know, give birth to him, and then also like I'm not a hundred percent on my own, but like, not only was Mary a virgin, she was born of a virgin. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's not even just that, like, she comes from a long line of virgins. Yeah. <laughs> this is a trick that her family can produce. <laughs> asexual or not asexual they're you know what I mean they can reproduce by themselves like flowers so yeah, like someone traveled back in time and test you baby to Jesus and that's what happened that's like Jane the virgin <laughs> yeah but um but yeah and then like in the last 
in the last couple of years, I've just been like taking photos of, of those grottos all the time, but usually they're selfies with me in them sort of making a strange face or whatever. I'm like, mm, here she is again. Um, and, uh, I don't know why I kind of, I kind of enjoy it. It's not like that. I feel like I have like, it's not like that I have faith again or that I have like this, you know, connection with Mary in the way that maybe other women who do have faith do. It's just that I feel like she's, I don't know, like this antagonist almost like this, like goody two shoes judging all the time, you know, um, but also, I don't even know if she is or if it's just that I'm the judgy bitch now and I'm just like, yeah, right, I don't believe this crock of shit and here I am blaspheming any chance I get to prove it. I don't I don't really know. It's a weird one. I mean, she doesn't really, like, there, there isn't really very much of a voice on her other than her, you know, in terms of scripture. She, like, aside from her going into the into the church, like, we've been searching for you for three days, you know, it's like, Jesus goes missing, and we've been searching for you for three days, and, you know, and you're here, and he gives her, like, a bit of lip back, you know, well, where else did you think it was going to be, like, but doing my father's work, and, you know, I kind of imagined her, like, with arms folded, rolling her eyes and tapping her foot and being like... Jesus, get out now, you know, and um, when you get home, I swear I'm going to have a talk with your father, you, you know, this is not on, you can't be doing this shit, um, and then later on, the, the, the wedding in Cana, and, um, you know, where she's like, they don't have any wine, and he's, he's sort of like, but I'm not ready to do this. And she just, she doesn't even take no for an answer from him. She's just kind of like, you're, you're doing it. You're sorting this out and say, you know, saying to the servants, whatever he needs, you get it for him yeah. and do exactly as he tells you. And that's it. Sorted. Everything's done. So I kind of, I wonder, you know, from those and they're, they're little snippets that have been put in, you know, like this is written 80 years after his supposed existence um and I wonder you know it's always kind of just like the, the the impressions of men that we get about this character and not that I'm at all remotely religious and not that but as a character I think she has she's imposed in in a very similar way to us as women even in a modern age have these views of men imposed upon us and desires of men imposed upon us I think She's kind of like the epitome of male desire being imposed upon a figure. Woman. Yeah, you know, 13, no choice given. She has to bear this child and deal with the shame of being unmarried and deal with the, the notion of having to say to her fiancé or, you know, her betrothed, I'm pregnant. But I swear I didn't sleep around. I've never had sex. Yeah. You know, and then dealing with having this child and then, <clears throat> and I think her relatability is always in her humanity and her, in her suffering. Maybe. I think. Like, it's, it's all, you're probably going to get, you know, like, it's also, it's like, everyone's going to have their own impression of it yeah. because it's you know it's such an old story it's it's there's you know the characters are so familiar the tropes or whatever you know like um 
and how do you like i think um i mean for 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 a long time that sort of um ultimate femininity placed on women here and that pious nature and that modesty and you know as you were saying you know there's that that link or that kind of reflection on the your grandmother wearing sort of um churching yes yeah um it just made me think of that like that you know these like married women fulfilling their wifely duties and coming in to be forgiven of the sin of sex because Mary didn't have to have sex, but you did. And but we can forgive you. Don't worry, it's fine. You're all forgiven now. Off you go. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Yeah. yeah it's just when you said it, it reminded me of it. Just like this weird, you know. And I remember saying to Granny, Granny Shields about it. She's always my like touchstone for Catholic stuff. Um. I was like, can you believe it, Granny? And she was like that was really nice I felt really special it was really lovely um I really liked it so it's not awful like you think it is Cathy and I'm like but it is (laughs) (laughs) you might have enjoyed it granny but it's still awful (laughs) I didn't say that you're obviously okay Yeah, yeah, churching and um and I think in Catholic doc well yeah in Catholic Catholic doctrine or um about like a woman having her period and sitting on a pew, uh like if she sits on a seat in a church and then and she's unclean she's technically unclean for X amount of days and so if if then a man comes and sits on that seat where she had been, that he is also unclean. She passes it on to him. Yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. This the shit that's put on women is fucking bizarre. But I think do you think there will do you think there are there any shifts since last year? Like I suppose because I'm not you know, I'm not practicing, you know, I don't know what it what it's like for people in the church going community I don't know you know I wasn't privy to any of those chats like I used to go into churches well not used to I still do but especially during the referendum any time I was in I would go into a church I would lift all of the anti-abortion propaganda or material that was down the back and stuff it into my handbag and leave because by and large churches are empty when you go into them do you know what I mean like their services on an hour a day two hours a day and then the doors are open you know for people to go in and be quiet in a church, you know, reflective or whatever. So, so I would take all that stuff with me. And, and I always kind of assumed that, you know, there must be, you know, maybe it is just one individual coming in with this material and leaving it. Like, I don't think, you know, you find those alive magazines. I don't know if you've ever come across them. No, They're like a newspaper. If you, if you, if you're passing a Catholic church and you go into one, there's usually a table full of like leaflets down the back and it might just be, you know, it's it's obviously like religious related, but it might just be about like a, a pilgrimage to knock on, on June the 27th, book your seat on the coach now. Or it might be about, you know, missionaries, you know, out, you know, charity work, or it might be about the charities that the Catholic Church still operate essentially, you know, like 
trochra or cross care or you know whatever about you know maybe it's trying to raise awareness or money and then you'll find like a live or whatever down the back of it as well and it's just this fucking head banger of a newspaper and it's just madness like and i like I reckon I was probably one of the only people who took those magazines because I'm sure most, like most people, when you go into mass now, like for most people, I think it's like a, a just like a, most people tolerate it, you know, it's not like they're looking forward to going to mass. It's like, well, I have to go to mass now. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's like a penance just for, it's like, fuck, it's Saturday, I have to go. Um, but yeah, those magazines are just mad. So it might have just been like an individual replenishing them or whatever i don't know like or I, like i don't even know if they're like community like women the women in the church group i don't know if i don't i know they volunteer say at home like there's usually like a, a charity charity shop like a secondhand store that's raising money for the church and i'm always giving out about like spending money in it i'm like no mommy you can't buy stuff in the church secondhand because it's for the church but um so I don't know if, if if the conversations around abortion were had by, obviously those women voted, do you know, if yeah. 60, 66% <laughs> of the population voted. Well, they didn't vote because obviously you have to count for voter turnout. I think, I, I don't actually know, I'd have to go look, but I'd say it was well over 50%. So at yeah. least a quarter of people in the country would have voted for abortion and far more than that identify as Catholic in the census or whatever. I'm just babbling now. But like No. Um, when you were canvassing again so you said you were canvassing this year? Was this for the local elections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ran in the locals <gasps> for the workers party. Oh. Uh, I did not get elected. Um Hey you gotta put your name out there it. first though. Huh? You've gotta put your name out there first and let people know that you exist. Well, yeah that's it but it's weird like I'm just going I'm just whining at you now but like I had to turn down a promotion and work because I'm a civil servant and you're not allowed to be politically active above the grade that I am so yeah so I'm just kind of like yeah. <laughs> I, I decided to do it and, and give it another go but that's like five years you know so I'm just like okay. do I look for another job do I just tolerate having no money for five years do I it would be grand. I'm just whining. But yeah, so I was canvassing again this year. And abortion really only came up negatively. Like, it hardly came up at all. Nobody was like, like my, like, you know, my Facebook is not connected to most of the people that I'm voting for. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have no profile as far as they're concerned. They don't know me from Adam. I'm just in the Workers' Party. They would know the Workers' Party better because it used to be, like, very strong in the area but you're talking like fucking 30 years ago do you know yeah. uh, so when it did come up it might be because someone you know the first page of the, the flyer the last flyer I was given I was like you know was my the work that I'd done with the abortion rights campaign not much just like you know former convener and founding member uh, and so a couple of people came back and were like I voted no and I was like well bye do you know like it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't anything like last year do you know it was just a couple of people stopped to say no yeah hmm I don't know it's I suppose for most people like abortion probably touched more 
people's lived reality because they've like had an abortion. Yeah. It's a very not had an abortion. They know someone or they they've talked with their girlfriends about it or whatever. Like it's just um maybe it was a lot more normal than we realized just because of the way the laws were whatever. Yeah. Yeah, well I mean I think if you're going to if you're going to have like a, a incredibly high costs for contraception <laughs> like yeah. Where where do you kind of balance it off? Um, yeah, it's like four hundred bucks. Well, f- like for me, for like the coil. Yeah, that's quite dear. It seems to be quite across the board, like for the consultation and the fitting, and then the purchasing of yeah. and all of that together. It's incredibly extortionate. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, and even for the pelt. And the amount of side effects and all of that crack. I just like I don't remember to take it well, you know. I haven't used a pill in a long time, and as a as a method of contraception because I just don't remember to take it. Yeah. Forget. End up having to use condoms for seven days and do all this other complicated stuff with the pill to make sure that it works and that it doesn't work if I've got X, Y, or Z and blah. And I'm just like, mm, this is not a satisfactory method of contraception at all. Yeah. So I, I was on like the Depot Provera, the injection, then for like fucking four years because I never got a period on it. And then it took a year and a half to get my period back. And it was just like, well, that's been an interesting while. I'll try something else in case I want to have kids because I'm sure that it is safe or like but I don't know it just felt strange not having a period for that long yeah it's just like just want to make sure that if I left it alone it would go back to normal anyway yeah it did I yeah I have vague memories of what a period is like at this stage um mm-hmm. yeah I and I had a hysterectomy um oh yeah when did of, that happen um, what it's like. sorry, that's a very no, direct in like 14, 14 years ago at this wow. stage. Yeah, I was 27. That's really young. I know. Was it, was it some, something I had that you en- wanted? I had or? En- yeah, I had endometriosis, and like my daughter, who is now 18, was they had, yeah, they told me that I wouldn't, I wasn't gonna have any more kids. that Mm-hmm. Um, I have polycystic ovaries and they were like it's so bad you're like I hadn't taken a period in two years prior to getting pregnant with her um, and she was just a total fluke that I yeah. lost a, I lost a stack of weight and the next thing I was pregnant um, <laughs> I had yeah. a momentary lapse of concentration with her father uh, who's an absolute cunt um, and oh. Yeah. But also, I mean, I'm sure she's great. And she is amazing. She is amazing. Wow. And I don't regret any of it at all. And then after having her, uh, to have her did, did a huge amount of damage. And I was ill for like, I had endometriosis and I had it on my kidneys and on my heart. And so, Jesus. yeah. I, yeah, I don't even actually know what endo... Endometriosis. Like, so, when the t- I've heard people talk about it, but um, and so I understand that it like, like what it can do, but I don't know like what it is like. It's when like, the, the lining of the womb builds that the endometrium tissue, 
develops in other areas. So sometimes it'll develop on the ovaries, sometimes it'll develop just outside of the womb. Um, for me, it developed around my ovaries, but it also on my kidneys and on my heart. So that when it came up to taking my period, I would get that the sort of cramps that, and all of that ready to shed on in my womb, but I would get a kidney infection and I'd also, my body would go into a complete state of collapse um, where my heart rate would drop really low to like, like 27 beats per minute, kind of low, like you're almost clinically dead, low. <laughs> and, and yeah, so it was um, after a year of being on the pill for like three months and then coming off for a week and then going on, I was like, you need to do something about this. Mm -hmm. But in the back of my mind was I had been through a huge amount of sexual abuse and a huge amount of like, like domestic violence and all of that. So for me it was I I don't ever want to have to deal with being violated in that way again. I never want to be left carrying another man's child ever again. Mm -hmm. So it was sort of, I kind of think, you know in that, I sort of think that my body was dealing with all of that psychological shit in a very physical way. So whenever we eventually, when I got the consultant, my gynecologist, to agree to do the hysterectomy, the mixed emotions of relief and mm. devastation and all of that oh my god I'm not gonna be a woman anymore <laughs> type of thing you know um but yeah it was it was a the things the lengths that you will go to 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 just be able to be the mum to your children because yeah. that was it it was I have two kids and when my son had come in and said whenever you're feeling better will you teach me how to make chicken like sure of course son why do you want to do, why do you want to not that it's a problem but why, why do you want to learn yeah. and he said so that the next time that you're sick the next time that you're like this I can feed Chloe so he's like six years older than her and and it was just she was three he's nine this is not normal. This is not the way, you know, he's having to phone the ambulance. He's having to do all of that because I can't be there. So, yeah. So, so yeah. did you, did, did it felt like you talked about, it feels like I'm interviewing you now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but you, you know, you talked about having like mixed emotions, but are you like, you know, do you feel like okay with it now or are you like it's been totally. been a while or is it still I suppose you'd probably still revisit it and think about it now and again best decision the best decision I made absolutely hands down the best decision I made um yeah I I think it was it was a, the first step to a massive amount of healing that had to be done on my part and um yeah I I don't know if I could have I don't know if I could have coped with that 
like I was self I was I was self-medicating for years like I spent I spent about <laughs> say a good 10 years stoned off my scone on painkiller um because I just couldn't deal with the reality of life and was so afraid of being of feeling you know so yeah um I was an absolute basket case back then um so yeah it was the best decision definitely and then I got into my 30s and found my inner warrior and um yeah now I'm 41 next week yeah there you go and so I'm thinking about this in terms of like um you know we were talking about but Mary like and um and I'm also thinking about it, it you know, from my own perspective as, as I'm listening to your story, like, because that's what I did. But um, just like the, the choices that you were able to make or the choice that you were able to make or that fought to make or whatever, you know, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I suppose I was thinking about it in terms of you have two children, I have had two abortions. And uh, just thinking about it in in those terms, like the decision not to continue with that pregnancy or, um, you know, you having to deal with maybe not having children and me just not having children, you know, yeah. I don't know, it's just kind of like a, a few parallels. Yeah. But, and I mean, like I, I do, I do the human library and I, of course I talk to, you know, I, I'm always talking to young girls and like, I was 16 whenever I was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And I literally just finished doing my GCSEs, left school, found out I was pregnant. Was still sixteen whenever I had him, and I rem- and my father, my father be my father did say to me, "I want you to have a termination," mm-hmm. and out of defiance because it was not in like it wasn't in my sphere of possibilities. Like this was. Like, how would you even do... I had no idea how would you even go about doing that. And I, you know, so not having any education around it at that time, it was like, no, that's not even... It's not even a possibility. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and in defiance of my father, I was like, no, fuck you, I'll have this child. And I'll be all right. Yeah. You know, and then when it came to Chloe, when it came to having her, it was pregnant in the aftermath of a domestic violence relationship and finding out I was pregnant and finding out that the other girl that he was sleeping with was also pregnant at the same time and not wanting to have another child not wanting to not feeling like I was mentally stable enough to have another child it's like I can't even look after me I'm like this close to having a drink problem and you know how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? But again, abortion was not even in my sphere of. Yeah, it wasn't an option for you. It like wasn't or in my field, something. yeah. But that doesn't mean that because those are the choices that I made, that I'm not gonna fight tooth and nail for my daughter yeah. to have the choice to yeah, make up yeah, for sure. You know her yeah. own mind about her own body, because I that's exactly what I did. I made my choice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then like, cause you're talking about like you know, like 
Mary's, you know, not having a say in whether or not she was, yeah, like, um, I don't know, like, I remember talking to, to, like, I haven't actually said to my grandmother, I have had an abortion or two abortions or anything, you know, but she knows about all the abortion rights activism and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's just like a gentleman's agreement that she doesn't ask and I don't tell her, you know, or whatever. But uh, <laughs> it's like the last time I was at home after the elections, Ronnie was like, um, oh, well, you know, like, um, you know, you did very well and that's great and sure, aren't you great? And I just got so used to telling people, that, like, I've had this, you know, have you ever been involved with elections? Like, even just as like someone canvassing or as part of a party that's what I mean during elections no I've not experienced that well, it's just like after the after the count or even with even with the referendum or whatever because Donegal also obviously didn't go exactly how I wanted it to but you know overall everything else did but like you just have this like really short I don't know, it's almost like an elevator pitch or some shit like that. It's just, it feels like a hundred people that you know, you know, but just over the course of the day, it gets exhausting, you know, who are like, oh, you know, I'm sorry about that. Or, you know, how do you feel about it? Or, you know, whatever. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, we didn't expect to take a seat anyway. And we're really pleased with the campaign and it went well. And, you know, I enjoyed it and it was good and blah. And so I said to Granny, I was like, oh, sure, we have five years to build now for the next one. Sure, it'll be grand. Like, uh, we didn't expect to take a seat anyway. And Granny was just like, oh, Jesus, Kathy, I thought you would like have a baby for me in the next five years instead of this. And I was like, oh. God. give up granny you have like 19 other grandchildren just give up granny leave me alone it is like a banter thing at this stage you know where she's like like I have joked with her before because she's like you know there'd be money in it for the first grandchild and I was like enough to raise a child granny is that the kind of money we're talking or are you talking like a grand you couldn't buy nappies for a fucking two months with a grand like that'd be no good you know yeah. but it is just it's good fun but and she told me about after she had her sixth child, Margaret, she heard about this pill in America that women might be able to take that would stop you from having children. And she was like, wouldn't that be great? And she was chatting to a friend of hers who was had also had maybe her fifth or sixth child who was saying the same thing. And then obviously the Pope was like, no, it's against God's will. You can't have it. It's not for you. Oh. And then they all went on to have like three more kids, oh you know, four more kids. Yeah. I don't know. I suppose they never really got much of a choice in whether or not they had kids. Uh, they just did. I don't know. You know, they couldn't even try and avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it sort of. I, I, I imagine that it would make sex a very conflicting thing. Like, Probably could definitely, yeah. I enjoy it, but not the panic. Yeah, like because I remember learning about the church, the church method, <laughs> whatever. So in theory, I suppose that's have you like so if you're getting married in a church in Ireland, you have to go to these workshops by a group called Accord. It's like the Catholic marriage service or whatever, and you, it's kind of like you have to. It's like a driver driver's test or whatever. Like you have to go to your classes if you want to get married in the Catholic church. Like, um, yeah. 
So they must teach you about the family planning method there or something. And just hope for the best. Right, Kathleen? Yes, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Just kind of, yeah. I like the practicing bit. Not so much on the actual. Yeah. Yeah, some of the rituals are lovely, but um, yeah. No, no, like yeah. I think I think I love I love I love going to mass on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It is that prime. It's a it's a perfect example of mass euphoria, of that you know when you experience an emotion, sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. When two people are together experiencing emotion at the same time, it's it intensifies. When you're in a room full of people experiencing the same thing, it's fucking it's it's wonderful it's kind it's quite uplifting and get you quite high and I get that I get the pull from it and I think it's all beautiful and I love candles and all the rest of it not mad on the incense but it's a nice it's a nice set of rituals Mm -hmm. um and like my my kid my kids were raised catholic and it's the same my mum converted to catholicism later in life and we had so many so many arguments over the you know like you go into a catholic mass and you know that it's going to be a a reading from a major prophet there's going to be a gospel and a letter that's it that's all you ever get you never get any of the other good shit that are wonderful stories but you know but yeah mary is kind of i think like i made some i made some like art featuring Mary, mostly with um, Siobhan Clancy. I don't know. Do you know her? No, she's, I don't. she's an artist based in, well, I think she's based in Cork now mostly, or she's between Cork and Dublin. Okay. But she was really involved with ARC from the start. And so <laughs> a lot of the nice creative actions, like the, you know, she did like a uh, an embroidered banner years ago. It's really nice, like a patchwork quilt type thing or. Um, yeah, she, she just done like the actions group was always really nice. I used to always go to because it, it was just like you know, learning how to wheat paste or stencil print or make stamps. It was just really like nice kind yeah. of activism that was like. And so <clears throat> we did a few things together over the years, and we did um, a group of us uh, got like uh, like a small grant to do art together like so we did um uh we we called ourselves like the homework collective so there's a tumbler of stuff on it that we did um so it's like home and then like a downstroke work (laughs) and uh, one of the things we did was like a prayer it was like well it was call and response kind of thing like you know like the meter was of the prayer it was based on the angelus but it was called like the renunciation and it was just like stories of women who had to travel for an abortion um and uh one of the screen prints i did was like it was like mary trying to pull on a pair of trousers um i don't know i just always liked the idea of her like you know up on one of her grottos just like 
pulling on a pair of trousers and taking off the skirt stuff and just being like, no, fuck this, I'm away. Yeah. And just kind of taking off, I don't know. Um, and then I, I the, the really, really bad, because I don't paint, so it was just me, like, I was like, I'm going to try and paint a thing, and this is the idea. So it's not finished, and it's really bad, but it's like a, a like a Cthulhu Mary type thing. Yeah. I don't know. Finish I'm obviously it. Obviously, a little obsessed. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I, again, I think it's this. She's this ideal that is has been imposed upon women by men, but all of the ideals have been imposed upon her. I, th- I think that's. I think that's my reading of it. Um, Maybe like there is, like like I I think like yeah like a lot of what. A lot of what women suffer is what is imposed upon them by men. But then sometimes, like, women can police that or add to it or, um, it, you know, sometimes we do it, like, do it to each other or do it to ourselves or whatever. So there's this really nice story about another art thing with Mary where um, it, I think it was a play and so there's a statue of Mary and all these women in the community would come out and clean her up every day and you have all the like the wee drama, not bad drama, just like wee stories of the of the women who were like cleaning up the grotto interspersed throughout it. And then they would go home and maybe home life wasn't very good or whatever. And then, you know, the next day they would come back out and Mary'd be, you know, be dirty or whatever and they would clean her up again and talk to each other and whatever. Um and then it showed like Mary at night, she would come down and like get all dirty so that the women would have an excuse to to come over. I don't know, it, it just kind of stayed with me. Someone described it to me. It wasn't even something that I saw. It was just so- someone's description of it. I think it was a play. But um, I don't know, like with the Marian shrines and stuff like that, they are everywhere, like, and mm-hmm. they are maintained. Um, say there's one up in Malinhead. <coughs> And it's like, I have a photo on my Facebook and it's like, or Lady of Bath and she's just like... In the bathtub. Hi. Yeah. I don't know. I just love that one. Like, But yeah. like one day I came and she wasn't there. The bathtub was there and everything was there, but she wasn't in it. And I just remember like joking with my aunt. I was like, it's a fucking moving statue. It's a moving statue. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we're all laughing away like this is gas. Obviously we know someone probably like, you know, I don't know, was painting it or doing yeah. something to it, and I, they'd, that's what had happened. Like, I think, I think there is some sort of annual pilgrimage that happens down there, you know, once a year, and people come. I don't know what they do. It sounds like some sort of, like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't sound very Catholic, but also, obviously, it is, but it's just, like, I don't know if they just carry her up the road or something. It's just, I don't know what to do. I should just try and go so it won't be a mystery. Find out. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think, was it Pope Pius the 12th, I'm going to say, um, in 1954, decided to declare Mary as queen. And um, so that's where you'll yeah. see the Marian year on some of the grottos. It's Marian year, 1954. And it seemed to be that Ireland embraced her the most. Out of all of the countries in the world, Ireland went, yeah, <laughs> bring it on. We'll, we'll, we'll take her. Um, and I mean, there are a few other countries that have sort of 
a similar uh, fascination but yeah we we kind of we're quite devotional I wonder if it's like a discipline thing as well like when you're watching that Corpus Christi thing it looks a bit sinister just all these fucking people walking around the town for about an hour and a half like why because they have to or they feel they have to or some sort of I don't know like I'd say if the local priest was like no we want our statue to be the most awkward to get to set in a cliff face and uh, you know so only true pilgrims can get to it because we are the holiest or whatever yeah but apparently like uh, a guy I know and actually in my branch Owen he's a geographer he did I think maybe a master's or a PhD or something in Marian statues that are on public land as opposed to like on church grounds you know yeah there's loads like I think there's more than 20 in Dublin so like I went into the the CIE like the bus Dublin bus uh, depot <coughs> recently just because I was passing it and I saw a statue of Mary in a glass box stuck in the side of the wall and I was like oh I have to go in and take a picture of Mary because that's what I do and a bus driver came over to me and was like oh you, well, you know you're in taking a photo and I was like I do you know I love getting my photo taken with them just acted a bit dumb you know <laughs> I you know I hadn't seen this one before so I thought oh isn't she lovely up there I ah. <laughs> whatever and he's like Basically, he was like straight away. He's like, the foreign bus drivers tried to get us to get rid of it, but we won't get rid of it because it's part of our culture. And I was like, all right, I have to go now. Bother me, like, the crazy man. But no, I notice that a lot now, and and like in the rhetoric I'm hearing when people are giving out to me on on Facebook or on not so much on the doors, but now and again on the doors, like um, it's, it's strange. Yeah. Just like the, 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 this correlation between Catholicism and Irish culture, like like as though they're the same, you know, thing. Like like there's nothing Irish about a Roman religion, or that's, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just I don't know. It annoys me because I'm like like the Irish do have a culture and lots of stuff. Uh, but this is just a religion that we have. It's not a culture, or I don't know if there's a distinction, but I feel like there ought to be. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so there's Mary's on public land all over Dublin, essentially, is what I'm saying. And probably all over the country. All over the country. There is some, uh, like, uh, so my partner's from Falkara, or well, Gord Hork, and like, there's a fork a little fork and one of the bits goes up on the hill and mm. on the side there's a statue there's a, a little grotto and it overlooks the road and apparently there was a road accident around there so the family put this grotto on there to protect the road <laughs> so Mary would look after the road and you're just like wow that's bizarre very bizarre but you sneeze in a direction and there's a grotto you know in that part of the world that's it like there's one there's one up near well it's not it's not really near me like my aunt mary is great for just because me and mum don't drive so aunt mary is just really good for like oh we'll go for a wee drive today it's lovely it's like anytime i go to the beach or anything like that it's because mary's taking this you know yeah. and uh, um 
she brought us to a grotto or we were passing a grotto. But I remember going there with Granny and Granda when we were very young, like, but, um, there's like a, like almost a life size, size cross, like that you could, that you could put a human on. It's that big, like, and then <laughs> there's like, what's well, you could put like a, like a, a teenager on it anyway. Like it's so grim. <laughs> Child. <laughs> But, um, and then someone made a crown of thorns, but out of barbed wire, Ooh. and you know, and then they like flecked paint on it. This is like real artwork, you know, went into it like, wow, just on the side of a road. But there's so much stuff hung on it. That's what's always amazing to me. Is it's like people that visit like leave a crucifix or leave a medal or leave a stone with their name on it or leave something like. And then there's just all these wee. Wow, and where where is that? Um, it, I have I have a, an album called like Holy Ireland, and there's a, on my Facebook, and there's a picture in it. But I can't remember exactly where it is. It's like on the side of a mountain, somewhere in in a show, and but also maybe the south of a show towards Letterkenny. I'm not hundred okay. percent. I can ask Mary; she'll know. But yeah, like the the one down with Our Lady of Bath. There's a, a cave inside it, or there's a cave beside it. It's called like the wee house of Malin, and people have started. It used to just be a cave with like a place to sit, but um, now it's all covered in stones. Like it only started in the last maybe two years, but people have started coming and leaving their like a wee stone with like a name of someone obviously that they're remembering or whatever on it. I'm like, when did that? tradition starts like a new a new, new task to leave it pilgrimage sites oh. I'd like to somebody sent me a photograph of that of that Mary I'd like to go there and see her we did find one we were traveling up from Galway uh, in November and we found we went to knock on the road because you know I've never been I actually want to go I'm so sad it's a it's it's amazing it's like this massive uh American evangelical complex it's it's unbelievable but yeah. I got delighted because there was on the map Mary's garden and I wanted to find Mary's garden because I'm a total perv and <laughs> Just for the fact. And then we find Mary's garden by accident, which is near the toilets, oddly enough. Um, but yeah, on the road we find this we find this grotto. I'm looking up at the map trying to work out where it was. But um we we um we find this grotto that had its own security system. I know. Shit you know. It had like an alarm, it was it perspex, bulletproof perspex planet uh, um panel at the front. Yeah, mental. Like that is some badass Mary in there that she needs a bulletproof glass. We're just obsessed with her. <laughs> um so yeah she's uh and then we had we had an artist who was um in, in the gallery that I work in, we had an artist do this big, like, map of Ireland done in turf. And over the course of the exhibition, the grass died. There were some green shoots in, like, little little dispersed areas. So I put a call out for a, a statue of Mary, for somebody to give me a statue of Mary, because I wanted to take a photograph of her in underneath pink grow light on Ireland. 
it was it was quite cool. Um, so my partner's mother gave us the statue that she has of Mary. I was so bricking it completely because this was an engagement present from her mother-in-law. like crazy. Like that you would give a statue of Mary as an engagement present. From especially from a mother-in-law oh. or the yeah. Here you go, you're yeah. You be the good <laughs> wife and the good mother to yeah. myself. Yeah. Oh. It's like I think maybe maybe you have what it takes to be a Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, Mary. Um. So yeah, she we we had a bit of a wild time with Mary. <laughs> um. So yeah, my my dream is. This is a terrible dream, but um, is airport security. If have you ever gone, have you ever had had your bag searched in airport security? Yeah, yeah. So they're very, they're very careful about how they lift your smalls out. They're really yeah. delicate, like they're lovely, or at least my experiences, they have yeah. been really lovely because they don't want to be embarrassed by your knickers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my dream is to have a statue of Mary. I want to help for this. Wrapped in lacy thongs mm-hmm. for protection, you know, keep her safe. But also to have in my bag a dildo and a can of hairspray. The hairspray. I reckon if you tried, if you tried to take that through security, they'd stop you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the hairspray is so that they would stop me, you know? Yeah. Because um, they have to search, and even if you go, ah, oh, it's the can of hairspray. They go, we have to search the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but just to see the security guard's face of lifting a statue out and a dildo out, and the knickers, and the um, confusion. And would you have to get someone else to go to the airport. Like you'd have to be flying somewhere. You can yeah. totally do it. Just like book a flight to glasgow and be like well if we if i don't get to take it then it was worth it for the art project yeah and just have the other person keep up opposite you yeah you the only thing is that you can't record anything but yeah you could probably record audio if you left your phone but yeah that's all you'd be doing is recording audio yeah probably would i don't know i'd come up with some bad shittery uh, way to to do it but that is ultimately that that's my goal I just haven't but I don't believe I can I'm not my rule is that I'm not allowed to buy myself a statue of Mary that yeah. would be wrong I have to acquire her in some fashion what if you acquired her from a second hand store you know, she's already in a second-hand storage, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think that might be all right. Um, uh, my partner, partner bought me this, like, light up. It's, like, one of the etchings. It's the Our Lady of Guadalupe, that. And yeah. she lights up different colours. And she goes everywhere with me whenever I go to do gigs in different places. So she was at the Royal Albert Hall on Saturday because it was that I came performing there. And we and he had her in, in her box in the poster in his bag. And every time we went out for a smoke, I came back in. The security guard was like, I need to see inside the box. So he was like doing this whole production of pulling the box out and pulling Mary out. And look, she lights up and, and switching her on. In. Yeah. 
but yeah, she's been the source of a lot of entertainment. Sounds great. I have I have like some religious <laughs> like I I've seen statues of Mary for sale in secondhand stores because I do want to get one. <laughs> like, um, but they're always like seventy five quid, and I'm like, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll just keep, you know, I don't want it that much. Yeah. Uh, that's a I don't coffee want to machine to own Mary ironically but have to have paid for her sincerely yeah that that's exactly my thoughts I I would totally if if I if I managed to get it somehow in an in an I don't know in a house clearance kind of thing or yeah, yeah. you know something like that yeah I'd be up for but definitely not going in. Also, I don't want to go into a Catholic shop and buy a Mary because I don't want to con- However, in saying that... All you'd have to do is say that your son's getting married and you're buying your future daughter-in-law a Mary as an engagement present. That's brilliant. brilliant. Although, in saying that, when we, were, when we were in North... So, I'd been down for the All-Ireland Poetry Slam and... They had given me, they'd given me some travel money, so I had like mm-hmm. spent some of it on food yeah, and yeah, yeah. and what have you. And then we got to knock, and I was like, right, I have twenty euro left. That's essentially money that I was not counting yeah. on having. I have twenty euro what? to spend in the souvenir shop. I need to buy something really ridiculously tacky. So yeah, but yeah. And we did. We got one of those blocks, you know, the little square glass blocks with the etching inside. I have one of those of Pope Benedict. <gasps> oh, oh, Pope. oh my goodness. <laughs> Do you like throw stuff at it? Um, it was two, it was two euro in a, two, in a, in a, like a euro store. It was just randomly there in the shelf. And I was like, oh, score. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Pope ever. So I went into the, you know, there's a whole, you know, there's a holy shop in Derry. Yes. Um, opposite like the Gador. I went in there once because I, I go in to buy, to, like I used, I randomly, I might send mum a holy postcard and be like, oh, I was in this town. Hello mum. It's just, yeah. I don't know, she understands that I keep sending religious talent out again and I think this is hilarious. But um, I went into the shop and I was like, Hello there, St. Colin Kells, a patron saint of Derry. I was wondering, would you have any, like, artifact here I could buy for, you know, to remember my time in Derry? And they were like, oh, no, we don't. That would be a great idea. I don't know why we don't do that. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll just take this glow-in-the-dark bracelet. (laughs) (laughs) Bye now. (laughs) Yeah, we were really tempted. It is almost like... It is almost like performance where I'm like, I wonder what the, the sort of person who would come in and buy something in here would behave like. I don't know. I'll give it a go. Just yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we Strange. were we were very tempted to buy the glow in the dark Mary in Knock, but I resisted that temptation mostly because she well, freaks me out. Yeah. However, okay. I will say this: if there is a vampire apocalypse, Knock is exactly where I'm going. Right, they holy have, water. Yeah, they've the fountains. It's like <laughs> the stations of the cross. So they're out there, and uh, I don't know how many of that. Is that 12? 12 stations of the cross? Anyway, it's like 14, I believe. 14. <laughs> ah, okay. Um, so yeah, there's like this whole row of, of fountains that spew out holy water 
all the time. Correct. Yeah. So that is the. So a priest just bless any water? Can they not? I don't know. It's it'd be great, but it's a it's a massive complex. You need loads of hiding places. It is probably the holiest water in in Ireland. In fairness, I think so. We're not. I think it's hilarious. They have their own airport. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> for for the the Catholics in Boston to come over and visit. Yeah. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. Yeah. yeah. I remember reading about that and it was like, oh, it's a great day for the parish. You know, the first ever American flight full of Catholics from Boston, essentially. And they're, you know, they're a cardinal, I think, came over yeah. to it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that documentary, Strange Occurrences in a Small Irish Town. Brilliant documentary. So good. I went to the cinema to see it and I was like, it was one of those things where I was like, I think they walked the line really well. Like, it wasn't like, mean to them um or to you know it was i just thought it was done really really well i actually got it for granny um and uh i still think she, i don't know if she's ever watched it you know i think she i don't know when i was younger i think i almost made fun of it too much that she's like you know uh. um you know so she's like I, I don't have a dvd player and i was like oh grant you know but i think she would have really in like like it you know i might might mm. suggest she watches it again. I don't know. It w- but yeah, I thought it was really respectful, but also like straight, if that makes sense. Yeah, it yeah, to- totally was. I love the dating agency. Oh, it closed recently. <gasps> no! Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was an article, if you Google it, I think it's like, you know, knock marriage company or whatever no, if you google it it'll show you no. I, I think it only closed this year that's it it's gone oh, now no. no more matchmaking out of knock oh devastated <laughs> not that no. you know i want to a <laughs> get married or b engage their services but you know i thought it was brilliant and the two yeah. the two characters that were running it were flipping yeah. awesome yeah with it their little brown envelopes in their little baskets Ah. Oh. Listen, I won't hold you up any longer, but thank you so much. This has been useful for you. I've just been babbling at you. I'm sorry about that, but sure. No, it's there you go. It's no, no, no. It's so that yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be making. Um, uh, I've got my first ever solo exhibition <laughs> in oh. October. Um, yeah. So this. I have no idea what I'm doing. But <laughs> yeah, don't have a clue. It hasn't it hasn't developed yet, um, but it will. Um, and we have uh, I have this woman who who works with my partner, and she's like she looks after the charity shop in Vilgara, and she keeps sending me books um, that she finds and that she thinks will be useful for me. And she sent me a book about Mary. Um, and it's fucking awesome. So I'm like devouring it at the moment, trying to read through. Um, great research, really fantastic stuff. Um, my hope is to make some kind of film and use some of the audio and have some of the poetry that I'll be writing around the stories. But you, yeah, you have like, there's a lot of sparking has happened from this conversation. So thank you so much. Cool. No problem. Yeah. Um, and sure, you know where I am. If you if you 
want to follow up on anything for sure thank you very much for taking time oh, sorry i thought i accidentally hung up there oh. <laughs> but i was like oh grand so wish you luck enjoy the rest of your evening and i'll chat to you again yeah and maybe cool. whenever you're back up this way maybe get a pint sure yeah i'm up from the from the 15th or so um Cool. For about a night. Oh, so. nice. Hi. Huh. I, I am due, I think, a visit down that direction. I have a friend who keeps hankering to get me down. So, yeah. Well, sure, that'll be great. I will. Yeah. I will Bye. let you know. Sure. Chat to you soon. Okay. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode five on For the Love of Mary podcast. Um, huge thank you to the Arts Council of Northern Ireland for their support uh, through the SIAP award that has allowed me to do this um, this project and meet with so many amazing women and get their stories um, thank you to Cathy Shields for, um, for the conversation and coming up in the next episode um, is the is me traveling to County Clare to meet with some fantastic women. Um, so keep listening, do the like and share and subscribe and I will catch you next time.